and uh, we're unapologetic about it. We're a small band of believers who believes we can change the world. We love each other, and we go through highs and lows, to and, and we're family. And so let's, and, and God, we love you, and we love the word of God. We love the truths that are both uh, blatant and obvious and hidden within the pages. We love the history of your faithfulness. We love that you love to fight for and protect your people, that you run after the one. And God, as we get ready to baptize uh, a handful uh, later on this afternoon, we submit our hearts to you. We remember our own baptisms. We remember your faithfulness. We remember that no, no matter how dark our world becomes, you are faithful and true and you walk with us. So help us to hear from you you and you alone. That's our prayer. It's in Jesus' name that we have gathered and that we do pray and that we will continue to kneel before your throne. Amen. So again, we are uh, talking about baptism, and this will really be kind of a uh, a sermon slash teaching. And the, the reason for it is often what we'll do is we'll take a We'll take a Sunday or a Saturday night or something like that, and we'll talk to those who are being baptized to help those people understand, to help them understand what is baptism, what is not baptism, what happens during baptism, what doesn't happen during baptism, and just try to explain things a little bit more so that we're all on the same page and so that those who are being baptized really understand what they are committing to. And that's, that's really a hope for ours and, and on a greater scale is that we understand this book and so that we can live it out on a daily basis. Sometimes we make it way more complicated than it is. Sometimes we make it more magical than it is. And so we're just trying to give an idea uh, on what is baptism and really wrap our minds around that. And so we thought, rather than just making a class, why don't we all get on the same page as a church and talk about what is uh, baptism? And to start, it's pretty important to realize that Jesus was guided by and obedient to God as he lived his life. And part of that being guided, part of that obedience led him even to be baptized. We read about this in Mark chapter 1 verse 9. This is out of the message. Uh, we're going to be flying around through a lot of scriptures this morning. So if you want to loosen up your hands and follow along in your own Bibles, or if you want to turn your Bibles on uh, on your iPad or, or on your phone, then you can certainly do that. There, most will be up on the screen, but if you want to fly around your Bible, that's great as well. We read about Jesus in Nazareth in Mark chapter 1, verse 9. Here's what it says. At this time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. The moment he came out of the water, he saw the sky split open and God's spirit looking like a dove came down on him. Along with the spirit, a voice, you are my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. It's, be, it's important to realize the very beginning idea of baptism is this, is that baptism is an act of faith and obedience to the commands of Christ. What we mean by this as a church and what we mean by this in good theology is that the Lord Jesus commanded it, he ordained it, if you would, in a way that would make it an ongoing practice for the church. 
Some have said before to me in conversation, why do we keep baptizing? Like Jesus did it and it was something we did in the Bible. Well, why do we do that today? What was the purpose? Because uh, without going into too much detail, there was a close association with circumcision of young boys at the time and then transitioning to baptism. And so why do we just keep doing all of this today? And we find this most explicitly, this ongoing command of practice in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. You, most of you know this verse very closely. Therefore, Jesus says at the very end of his life, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always until the very end of the age. <clears throat> Baptism declares that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. First and foremost, you declare that you are a follower of Jesus. This is what we say. This is kind of our terminology that we use in this church is that it is an outward proclamation of an inward transformation. It is an outward expression of what God has already done inside the heart. You identify with Jesus. It's your public confession of your faith and your commitment to Jesus Christ. It's the next step after salvation through forgiveness of sin. And it's an important foundation for the Christian life. That can't be more uh, pressed and said over and over. It is an important aspect of the Christian life because you publicly proclaim to both strangers, if you would, and to the church family, I identify with Jesus because what he has done in my life. This is why we do this. In Mark chapter 16, verse 16, Jesus said, go into the world, go everywhere, and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. Whoever believes and is baptized is saved. Whoever refuses to believe is damned. Now, some will say, well, this is an association, so that means if I'm a Christian and I don't get baptized, then I'm not truly saved and I'm, I'm going to hell. Bad theology, not teaching of the Bible, not teaching of Jesus. Throw that away. That's absolutely not true. What this is talking about very specifically is go and believe and be baptized. For those who don't believe will be condemned. We see that all throughout the scriptures. We're unapologetic about that because to receive the ultimate love, there has to be the ultimate opposite. And so baptizing says, I am choosing to publicly proclaim something that I didn't choose. God reached out to me first. He touched my heart. I responded to his love. I've given him my life. And now I want to make a public declaration of that. So that's the obedience behind baptism. Baptism is also a symbol of faith. It isn't faith. But it's a symbol of faith, a symbol of Christ's burial and his resurrection. It's how we can associate with that life. We don't have to go to the cross. Amen? <laughs> we don't have to do that. We don't have to be paraded around town carrying a cross with a crown of thorns on our head. We don't have to have an ill-conceived trial. We don't have to be whipped. We don't have to be shouted at. We don't have to have any of that, praise God. But it is a way for us to associate ourselves with God in his burial and resurrection. Our entrance into the water 
This is why we typically will do immersion. We'll talk about that in a moment. Our entrance into the water during baptism identifies us with Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. But it's not just the cross. It's also his burial in the tomb, his being put down, and then his raising from the dead three days later. It's an association that we have. It symbolizes that something unbelievable has happened to us. We have new life. And we all, those of us who have already been baptized, or maybe if you're not ready to be baptized, we have the honor and the privilege of watching that, of being excited for that, to, to clap for that, and to be celebratory for that new life that is found. It's a symbol. It's not the actual event, but it's a symbol of. Similar to this, when Naomi was born, uh, and you're a parent, you get uh, a, a band, a hospital band to go on there, and it says your name, but it also nowadays has some kind of like uh, revelation type barcode that they scan. <laughs> And so that tells you whether you can take a child or be around a child or look at the child. Uh, But you got to have to have one of these bands on. And I can remember Naomi being born, and she was was like a a man child. Uh, She was 10 pounds, 10 ounces, and just came out this behemoth of a child looking around uh, like, where is this world I've come to? And... And so I remember getting that band and, and kind of taking care of Naomi, putting like size 10 diapers on her in the hospital. And we, we finished, and I remember going out to eat, and this band, several people would ask me like, oh, are you in the hospital? Do you have family members? I'm like, I had a baby. <laughs> I had a baby. And I didn't have the baby. Sandy had the baby, but I had the baby. So it's two things vicariously, right? The band is a symbol that signifies I have become a father, And the band was a symbol that represented, I have a wife who's in the hospital. She had the baby, but we are together. Something happened. Something unbelievable happened. I'm a dad. Do you realize this? Some of you that have had children, you can remember those moments. Maybe you passed out during labor and you woke up looking at your wristband. When Naomi was getting cut out, Sandy had a C-section. I was looking over the curtain a little bit because Sandy had said, hey, have they started the C-section? And I said, I don't know. Let me check. And so I stood up and just kind of peeked over a little bit. And I kind of did the like circles a little, a little bit. And I probably turned white because then this beautiful little nurse comes up and she goes, why don't we sit down right here? And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I just sat down to kind of catch my breath because I'm like, whoa, they, have, they are doing All kinds of stuff down there for you. (laughs) But it was a symbol. It was a symbol that I was a dad. I wasn't a dad because of the symbol. It symbolized something that had already happened. And baptism is the same way. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 through 14 says this. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did with Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. But God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven. 
the the slate wiped clean. I love this. That old arrest warrant has been canceled. It's been nailed to Christ's cross. You are treated in faith in Jesus Christ as if you had never sinned. You are justified. You are beautiful. And baptism is a celebration of that. Baptism is an acknowledgement of that. Baptism is the dad wristband that says something miraculous has happened in my life. Baptism is a symbol symbol of your new life as a Christian, as a Christ follower. We bury the old life and we rise up to walk in a new one, just as Jesus did. Jesus was beaten beyond belief. In fact, experts will say he was beaten beyond recognition as even a human being. And laid down in a tomb. But when he stood up, he was a new creation. And in baptism, that's what happens. It celebrates that. It celebrates that fact that that happened when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Similar to a a wedding ring. I can't find mine right now. Women don't judge me, but I usually take it off in the summer because we're always in the pool or hiking and stuff. And I usually set it somewhere super safe. And now I can't remember where that safe place is. (laughs) It's in our house, dear. But it's similar to that. I'm not married because of the wedding ring. I'm still married. I'm not wearing it right now. I'm still married. I love my bride. But But the ring symbolizes something. It's a public proclamation of hands off. This boy's taken. Or this girl's taken. I'm with one. My life is committed to one. That's that's what it represents. Is there anything special about it? Not unless you're a woman. Trust me. Men, there's nothing special about your ring. Women, there's everything special about it. It's beautiful. It's sparkly. You, you, some of you are looking at it right now. It's awesome. Sorry, you got to give it back. Uh, but it's a symbol. It's a symbol. It's a statement to everyone who sees it that I have trusted Christ with my salvation. And I'm committed to living for him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might live a new life. And and the scriptures go on and on and on and point to the truth about baptism. It's a public proclamation of an inward transformation. It's also accountability. Because it allows you to say, everyone, watch. If you've never been, and we hope if you're a guest or visitor, even if today's your first Sunday, please come with us to the McGovern's home and join with us. It's going to be a great time. The kids line the pool. Everyone else stands around it, and those who are being baptized go into the pool. Every eye is on you. We don't do it off secret and then, and then bring you in and everyone claps. We, we do it very publicly. And so there's accountability to that. And that new life is important. Baptism does not make you a believer in Jesus. 
This is really important. These are some important tenets of what baptism is. Baptism does not make you accept Christ. Baptism does not make you a believer. It shows that you already are. Baptism shows you already are committed to Jesus. Does that make you perfect, Gary? Does that make you perfect? <laughs> See, I'm going to keep you guys on your toes. He's like, oh, crap. Is the right answer yes or no? Uh, correct. The answer is no. It does make you perfect. It just says I'm following Jesus. Kasha, watch it. I'm seeing you too. I'm going to come over to your side. It doesn't make you perfect. There's nothing special about it. There's unbelievable specialness of what God has done. We were, a bunch of us at the McGovern's house yesterday, cleaning up and getting ready and helping them get ready. I saw the water. It smells like chlorine. I don't know what holy water smells like, but it's not holy water. That's not a dig at John. It's very clean. Actually, Darlene does the pool, right? Darlene does a phenomenal job keeping that pool clean. But it doesn't smell holy. I don't know what holy smells like, but it smells like the gym pool. There's nothing special about that water unless God touches it. And then something miraculous happens. There's nothing special about the Jordan River. I hear people all the time, oh man, if I can ever get to the Holy Lands, I want to be rebaptized in the Jordan River. I'm like, really? It's disgusting. It's, it's gross. Yeah, but. So many godly people were baptized there. Oh, that's awesome. Great. And people have peed in it too. <laughs> I just wonder, like, why is this attraction to it? Listen, there's nothing special about the water. There's nothing special about me dipping and immersing. Immersing? Immersing. Immersion. Help me. Immersing? Immersing. Dunking. Thank you, Michael. There's nothing special about me dunking the person on the water. I'm not unique. I'm not special. There's nothing special about me or about Alex or the Pope. Not the real Pope, but our Pope. <laughs> For those of you who knew, we have a children's director named Mark Popenhagen. We call him the Pope. So anyway... I'm trying to figure out where we are. <laughs> Let's just go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This isn't even of you. Not only is the water not magical, not only am I certainly not magical, you're not magical either. This is the act of God so that no one can boast. you surrender your life because God has prompted you and you have said yes. So that's the faith behind baptism. How are we baptized? At Rock Creek Church, we have this incredibly difficult word, immersion, it seems like, uh, as per the example of Jesus uh, by being immersed in water. The word baptized actually comes from the Greek word baptize, which is crazy, it literally means to immerse or to dip under. And so we practice that. 
it's a pretty good practice to look at what Jesus did, how he lived life, and then kind of put that into practice if you're wondering how to live the life. That's a good way to do it. And most scholars agree that this is the only way that the early church performed uh, and practiced baptism. Only much later did the idea of sprinkling or pouring emerge as far as we can tell from the evidence. But there is no legalism. Some churches you will go to and they say, well, you're only truly baptized if you were immersed. Well, uh, if you go to Presbyterian uh, churches, as I was a part of early uh, on in, in my youth ministry career, it was sprinkle. Listen, uh, I've read the Bible a lot. I've been to seminary. I've been in churches my whole life. I don't think God really cares if it's a sprinkle or if it's an immersion. We practice immersion. But please don't ever look at someone who has not been immersed in the water and go, well, it wasn't a true baptism. Uh, that pits you up against God. <laughs> so, so please don't make that judgment. We do that. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. So we practice that. Who should be baptized? The Bible is clear. Every person who has made a decision to follow Jesus. When Paul writes to the believers in Rome, if you read the book of Romans, he writes to this group of believers under the assumption that everybody has been baptized because they're believers in Jesus. But the one requirement for baptism is to believe in and to follow Christ. You go, well, I just accepted Jesus. I really haven't had a chance to follow uh, him. Well, just you accepting Christ is following. You say, well, I, I accepted Jesus and I was, ba uh, I, 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 I was in Sunday school as a little kid and I've not really followed Jesus. I've been trying to follow Jesus, but it hasn't been perfect. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to be perfect. In fact, Jesus says, come as you are. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 says, those who accepted his message, they were baptized. Acts chapter 8, verse 12, but when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And so if you read the Bible, there are some pretty clear takeaways of what baptism is and what baptism is not. Number one, it was uncompromisingly commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ. We live in a day where everybody gets a trophy, which I can't stand because that's not life. And the church, unfortunately, has continued to try and be flexible with that and go, well, every, everybody's going to heaven at some point. This uncompromising command of the Lord Jesus Christ to pick up your cross and follow me and be baptized is a line that we, at least as a church, we will not fudge on. It was universally participated in by Christians entering into the church. Why? Because they didn't fool around. You accepted Jesus, you got baptized. They didn't care if it was a tub. They didn't care if it was a horse trough. They didn't care if it was a lake or a river. They baptized you. It was uniquely associated with conversion as an 
unrepeatable expression of saving faith. Now, I want to explain this one very, very briefly. Oftentimes, what will happen is someone will say, hey, I was baptized as a baby like my bride. I was baptized as a baby. Therefore, I don't have any recollection. And it wasn't in faith. It was just a uh, church ritual practice. And therefore, I got baptized. I would like to be baptized now that I'm uh, a, a mature, growing follower of Jesus on my own accord. That's good. In fact, I have the privilege of baptizing my wife today, which is going to be unbelievable. Some will say, well, like Jack, I was baptized eight, nine, ten years old-ish. And uh, again, it was just something that was going on in the church. I was next in line. I, I did it. But it, it wasn't because I was following Jesus. I had not made a decision in that moment to truly follow Jesus with all of my life. And so can I be baptized now that I'm an adult, 18-year-old, I'm following Jesus, I'm pursuing his call in my life, I'm sold out for him, can I be baptized? 100%. We're baptizing Jack today. But some will say this, this is different. Some will say, well, I, I used to go to youth group, I was baptized when I was 17 years old. I was in Bible study. I kept going to youth group. We went to all the camps. I went to mission trip. Man, I was on fire for God. But lately over the past like five or six years, I've kind of walked away. Things have been up and down. I've kind of drifted away from God and I'm not really sh uh, sure where things are at, but I really want to get my life back on straight. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. So I want to be rebaptized. And that's not right. That's not biblical. What is biblical is for you, if, if that sounds like you, is to recommit your life to Jesus. Because guess what? And, and actually, we'll do this. Let's do an exercise because there might be some of you kids in here wondering how many of, there, uh, of us that there are. If you accepted Jesus Christ at some point in your life and you've had struggles at some point in your life with following through on that commitment to Jesus, would you stand? So kids, I want you to look around, <laughs> right? This is why we don't just rebaptize, 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 because we be rebaptizing every 10 minutes. Now sit down. Beautiful looking people. But we do recommit to Jesus. We do recommit that commitment. We do acknowledge in that moment, man, you know what? I'm going to turn things around today. I'm going to begin to make steps and put measures in place where I can re-follow Jesus. That is good. That is proper. That is right. But it's not a rebaptism. Does that make sense to everyone in this, in this room? Now, you might completely disagree or you might read things differently. And, and here's the joy of being a family in church. We can agree to disagree on, on some uh, issues. That's okay. But that's the way our church does it. That's the way a lot of most churches does it in regards to uh, baptism. What do we know isn't true based on reading the Bible? Baptism means I won't sin anymore. I won't make you stand again. <laughs> for those of you who are being baptized, for kids in the room that are thinking about being baptized or you've been baptized, baptism doesn't mean you're not going to sin anymore. I, I so wish it did. I so wish I could give you that gift, but it doesn't mean that. 
during baptism, something magical happens, like Harry Potter magical? The answer is no. You're not going to go down and start feeling the, the Bobby Brady fireworks from his first kiss. Anyone? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Grant does. Randy, you, are you sure? Okay. There's nothing magical about, there's holiness that happens, there's holiness attached to it, but it's not magic. Baptism is going to make me a much better Christian. I'll refer you to number one. Baptism doesn't mean you're going to be a better Christian. In fact, take the idea of, quote, better Christian and flush it down the toilet. That whole notion of better Christian isn't even biblical. What's a better Christian? Because as I read the Bible, it says that Jesus came for the sinners. So if he came for the sinners, if he came for the weak, if he came for the sick, that puts us all in the same boat. It's not about being better or worse than one another. And lastly, baptism forgives all of my sins, past, present, and future. No. In fact, it doesn't do any of those. Alex alluded to earlier that there's nothing but the blood of Jesus that can forgive your sins. The, the McGovern's pool can't forgive your sins. Me holding you underwater, even for a little bit longer, maybe, Jack, <laughs> is not going to forgive you of your sins. Maybe we'll give you a snorkel. <laughs> so we've learned a little bit about what baptism is, what it is, and what happens, why we do it. For the rest of us, Here's what happens when we witness baptism. We are encouraged by watching other people take that next step in their faith. It's encouraging. Every single summer that we get to the McGovern's house and we baptize people and we eat a ton of food and we laugh and Diane tries to throw me in the pool, I walk away encouraged in my faith because I watch community, I watch baptism, I watch tears, I watch hugs. And so for those of us, you might, you might go, well, I've already seen the baptism, no need to go. You will be encouraged. For those of us who watch it, we are blessed by the joy of seeing redemption lived out, by being able to see transformation. For those of you who have seen Jack as a, as a little tyke and now as one of our interns at the church to, to see him be baptized, we see and feel that joy. For many in this room, you're reminded of your own baptism. You can think back to the day you were baptized and it reminds you of why you chose to be baptized. It reminds you why you chose to follow Jesus. And so it's a reminder the rest of us, we stand together as a family of believers. Because much like when we do child dedications and we ask you to stand and say, will you pour into this child? Will you care for? Will you teach? Will you love? Will you encourage? Will you protect this child? And we stand together as a family. It's the same thing in baptism. We stand together. And finally, and maybe the most spiritual, is we have fun.
I think God is fun. I think church is fun. I think walking with Jesus is fun. I think being together as a family at a baptism and a potluck, and I already saw Doritos on the doggone front table. Whoever brought those Doritos, take them away and go get us some real food. It's the Pope. And here's my um, ask of you. If you're here this morning and you've never been baptized and you are following Jesus, if you've given your life to him and he is your Lord and he is your Savior and you've never taken that step of obedience and faith, I want to ask you, why not? What's stopping you? Is it because you haven't found the right church? If you, is it because you've felt embarrassed? Is it because you, you think uh, Sandy has gone through this? She's like, I'm the pastor's wife and I'm being baptized. What are people going to think? And I told her, I'm going to think, I said, they're going to think it's incredible. Sometimes you just got to drop those, those pressures and those thoughts and, and just take a leap. Maybe you're here and you were baptized as a baby, but you have no recollection whatsoever. You were baptized as a two or three-year-old. You have no recollection. It was not your own, and, and you would like to be baptized. Listen, we would love to baptize you today. It doesn't matter if you didn't set it up ahead of time. It doesn't matter if you don't have a swimsuit. It doesn't matter if you feel embarrassed. We will baptize you today. You can wear the clothes you're wearing now. You can go home and get a suit and meet us at the McGovern's, whatever it is. But I'm going to beg you don't wait. Let today be the day that you take that step and you give us the privilege and honor and you give yourself the privilege and honor of being baptized. And again, one last just launch out there to invite all of you immediately following the service to the McGovern's house. It's 1740 Polk Court in Louisville. I think we're going to have a slide somewhere. Um, for that. Oh, see, dude, Cody is the man. Can I get an amen, Karen? Amen. All right. Only one of you should be doing 20 that. Years on 20 years on Wednesday. Holla. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 1740 Polk Court, Louisville. Um, we'll all gather there. If you have to run and grab some food or you brought some shabby food and you got to rethink that and go get some good food, you'll have plenty of time to do that. Uh, we have a blast, um, but it's going to be a great time as a family just baptizing some folks, uh, spending some time with the Bulos, being in the community, being in the church, uh, and continuing to grow our faith. So would you please stand with me? Let's pray together and we'll continue our time of worship. So God, I want to thank you for the word of God. Uh, I thank you for this Bible that, uh, in so many ways, just brings clarity. It brings truth. It, it brings uh, teaching and, and discipleship. And it tells us exactly what we're supposed to do and why we're supposed to do it, what it is and what it isn't. But it also tells of your faithfulness when things are good, when things are hard. When the path before us is straight and we see the light at the end of the tunnel and when we're walking in a wilderness of darkness and we can't even see the path in front of us, you are faithful. And what a great morning today to, to re-up 
to recommit. To say we are yours. So thanks for, thanks for this incredible church. Thanks for these beautiful people, these followers of Jesus. And would you have your hand of blessing upon us as we celebrate and worship and, and build community and, and be the church. Thank you most of all for the sacrifice, Jesus, that you endured on our behalf. That gives us new life. So we love you. In our own words, we praise you. In Jesus' name.